going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And I'm Dipper. This is another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And uh, today we got something a little special. As you heard, we have Matt and Dipper. Hey. Which is great because Matt's not out in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, hey, and, and Dipper's more of an expert on the subject of what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> Which, why did you bring us in? Uh, the band is Every Time I Die. Um, we're going to talk about Radical, which came out on October 22nd. Is under Epitaph. And it is amazing. So Every Time I Die is composed of Keith Buckley on vocals, Jordan Buckley on lead guitar, Andy Williams on rhythm guitar, Clayton Goose Holyoke on drums, and then I'm going to pronounce this name incorrect, is Steven Meshik on bass. I, um, I mispronounce it all the time. It's I okay. It's... M-I-C-C-I-C-H-E. Like, I have no idea how Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, first impressions, I mean, Dipper's already jumped right into it. I very clearly see why a lot of people respect this band. These guys are mad talented and capable of writing really strong material. Yeah, uh, I'm demanding an apology from everyone ever who I've run across that's known about every time I die and hasn't told me about them. <laughs> Uh, we recently became friends, so I I, I couldn't. I couldn't D- Dipper has an excuse. However, everybody else under the sun that I have come across that hasn't told me about them owes me an apology. <laughs> <laughs> this album was phenomenal uh, from beginning Big to one. end. Like there's just not a bad song on here. And I want to give a shout out to Goose. Uh, that this is his first album. So the oh, drummer, wow. yeah, the drummer's first album. Some he of killed those, it. Yeah, he, he murdered it. Talk so. to me, Goose. Yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's a he's a really good replacement for legs. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> see all drummers' legs. So, yeah, uh, it, it was it was phenomenal. Uh, how how are you feeling about this one? Obviously, you said that it was fantastic. Uh, this is probably my favorite album by them. Um, okay, and this it, is it, album number nine, correct? Yeah, this is album number nine. So, um, I could probably name most of them, except <laughs> probably the two EPs, um, Burial Plot and Last Night in Town. I think it is. But uh, out of all the records, this really shows their growth. Um, what a band can do. And then when it's your ninth album and it's a masterpiece that blows all the other albums away, it's pretty hard to do mm-hmm. for album number nine. Yeah, I absolutely. just want to stress that it's album <laughs> number nine. I've heard bands go to album number six and just completely lose it. Yep. Yeah. I've seen bands go to album number two and lose yeah, it. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> just one. Here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and jump into the, the musical impressions. Uh, musically, how are you feeling about this one, Matt? This one is, um, and actually before we jumped on is, because uh, this is actually my first time meeting Dipper, is I got to ask him a little bit, just kind of like f- trying to understand every time I die a little bit more. I've, just, I've known the name. I've listened to a little bit of their material, but never really did a deep dive into them before. And I was just like, are they metalcore or are they hardcore? And he's just like, both. Um, You really get both elements. You get a lot of the punk coming in. You get some radio rock. There's a lot of different things happening. And it's you get to see everybody kind of show off a little bit and still show that they're capable of doing all this different stuff all in this one package. So it's nice being able to see the kind of fluctuation and that they're able to make all these songs work with showing all these different elements. Yeah, absolutely. And Dipper, how are you feeling on it? Oh, it's the writing. Uh, as Keith explained it, because uh, I read a bunch of articles with it, because like he's really discovering to find himself, and he's angry in this one, but he calls it hopeful nihilism. Yeah. <laughs> and I completely agree 100% on that. Um, and the guitar work and the drums and the bass, this is probably like the best I've ever heard them be with their transitions into some of their songs are just 
mind-boggling. Like, how can a how, where do you come up with this idea? Yeah, ever since listening to this record, any riff that I write on guitar is just an every time I die riff. <laughs> <laughs> He's been sending me videos of it, and I'm like, I like that. Yeah, it, it's just every time, like, I'm just like, oh, this is, oh, okay, though, well, it's every time I die now. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, um, the marriage between all the instruments together is just flawless. Like, it never feels like one is too much over the other. It never feels like they put something out of place. It's just just magnificent. And the fact that this is mixed by Will Putney, who's my f- one of my favorite uh, producers ever, uh, just goes to show that like he's just nothing short of a mastermind. And I'll go into that further whenever we talk about the Fit for an Autopsy record here in a few months, because mm-hmm. that's his band. Yeah. And they're flawless. Because <laughs> Will is what role in Fit for an Autopsy? Uh, he's one of the guitarists. Okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so, and uh, Dipper, you touched on the lyrical content a little bit. Why don't you go ahead and lead us a little bit more into that? How are you kind of feeling overall in the lyrics in comparison with how they were previously? As a vocalist, it once makes me want to write again. Like, I, ever since I've heard this album and what he's been talking about, even though, like, I don't relate to that feeling anymore of what he's going through, mm-hmm. but the way he wrote from, like, a lyrical standpoint from a vocalist is beautiful, haunting, angry and sad all at the same time uh i this the emotions that i felt from this record the way he was like slightly tongue-in-cheek on some songs but more direct than he's ever been is really like i can't put it into words it made me speechless dude yeah absolutely matt how are you feeling yeah this was a very angry record and um as we were talking a little bit before is there were uh some of the songs i had a chance to actually take a look into the lyrical content of is it was pretty aggressive with like the he was pretty upfront with what he was writing about so it's he he's mad yeah absolutely i will just kind of echo that he was very angry on this record um but there was just like a lot of really good one-liners that came out of it too mm-hmm. like uh hostile and uh hostile architecture had there's not uh, too many ghosts not enough spirit it's my uh, favorite line from the song ooh, from the whole album phenomenal <laughs> like, and, and like my favorite one is the um is from uh, the whip which is uh uh fear is a fetish and i'm a i'm a masochist oh yeah, yeah. it's just <laughs> 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 it's so good um yeah and, and then uh before we jump into the uh, the track by track breakdown, uh, go ho- let's go ahead and go over the, the album art on this one. Uh, this one kind of had a very like nineteen eighties retro kind of feel to it. It's yeah, radical. it was like a very digital, it's very radical. <laughs> it's a super digital looking like mountainscape, and then it had the the cursive eye, which is the band's logo in the middle. Um, it's got those really bright neon colors and like looking at it, if I didn't know who every time I die was, like completely going in with the idea that I have no idea who this band is, I would have thought this was an electronic record. It just had that kind of a cover on it. It but does, but then at the same time, as you listen to the record, it matches it perfectly because like they're just a colorful band. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess it just being like, without really understanding what that means, like it's just a colorful band. Yeah. I think uh, I reminds me of a Trapper Keeper, honestly, but mm-hmm. I like it. It reminds me, it brings me to the aesthetic of a like, I think there's so much going on with the cover. It really explains that there's so much going on with the record, too, mm-hmm. as well. It's like... Yeah, it, it's a wide range of emotions on the record. It's a wide range of musical uh, showcasing, you know, of lyrical showcasing. Like, it's just all over the place, just like the album cover is, and I- I'm here for it. The, the, this album is chaos, and I love it. 
And this record, like, this record cover is like way different than anything they've ever mm-hmm. had out too. Yeah, like just for contrast, like I I recognize the Low Teens record cover where it's just kind of like this weird kind of sloppy looking font that says Low Teens and it's black everywhere else. Previous records they kind of have taken a, like a little bit more simplistic approach to the the covers. I think I think with the, some of I them think the coolest one is X Lives. It has a dude like fighting cops on mm-hmm. there, and it has a like, dude with an Every Time I Die shirt on. Yeah. I think the story behind that is a dude doesn't even know who Every Time I Die is. <laughs> <laughs> As I recall correctly, because I'm part of a group and they, you know, they tell stuff and I, I, I don't think he, I don't think he really cared for Every Time I Die. That's fantastic. I don't think he hated them, but he didn't know who they were. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, we're gonna go ahead and jump into the track by track breakdown now. And uh, just as a, a little bit of a warning, there is gonna be a little bit of language and uh, subject matter that comes up during this, just due to the album titles and the subject co- matter of the songs. So, if that's not your thing. Stop here and listen to the White Chapel record that we drop next week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, with that being said, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the first song. We have Dark Distance, which opens up the record. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off? Yeah. Uh, so we get this feedback at the beginning of the song, and it probably lasts, I'd say, maybe 10 seconds before the rest of the song kicks in. We're treated immediately to some fairly heavy material. It's not breakneck, but it's heavy enough that you start kind of getting that stank face. Uh, dissonance added in the background for the extra atmosphere, and I just got to say, dude, it's a solid opener. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, like... This one here where it's just like screaming over and over the the spare only the ones that I love. Mm-hmm. Like it just that resonated super hard with me. Yeah. And especially like with how things have been over the like the last year and a half. Like this song's radical. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think this is the best opening for their this album. Uh probably one of the best openings out of any of their albums, if yep. you want to be honest. The closest thing that comes to this, and I can't remember the name off the top of my head because they have nine albums, <laughs> uh, but it goes, I want to be dead with my friends. I want to be dead with my friends. That's the opening to the song. Uh, I think Dark Distance is way better. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, 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 this song, like from beginning to end, is just just slaps the, mm-hmm. the whole way through. It kind of really sets the tone for the record really well. Uh, if you listen to this song, not knowing who Every Time I Die is, you have a really good understanding of what you're going to be getting into over the course of the next 15 songs. As an individual who, again, had very little Every Time I Die experience, I kind of knew just from people explaining who they were is kind of what to expect, but definitely it, it, the, the picture was painted quite clearly <laughs> yeah. thanks to this song. Yeah, and I'm, I was in the similar boat, and that's why Matt and I just said, let's bring on somebody who's more knowledgeable in this in this case with us. Uh, but it was the same boat for me. Like I had next to zero every time I die exposure before mm-hmm. this. And now I've gone through their entire discography at least once <laughs> because I love this record so much. It's so good. I love it. So next up, the second track is titled Sly. And it's, we're going to see this a lot. It's a much shorter song. Comes in at two minutes and 30 seconds flat. We're going to see that a lot with songs here on the record where it's going to be uh, this sub three minute. And it's just, it's balls to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, as, soon as, it, yeah, as soon as it opens from Dark Distance, it's a perfect segue into Sly. Like mm-hmm. the way they... The way they did the transition from each song on this album, they all fit perfectly together. Even though some of them are two to three minutes in length, uh, you get a lot, a lot out of those two, two to three minutes. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, and the th- this one really is like helping showcase just kind of like how they break the musical norms. Like the the main chorus in this one here has this very interesting um, musical sequence that like. 
by the rules of standard music composition don't work well together Mm -hmm. but it works extremely well in the constant context of the song yeah it still brings that kind of chaotic anxious feeling to it uh while serving the song as a whole and it's one of those things that really has helped me branch myself further uh just as a musician just because like it's not one of those things where like okay well these notes aren't supposed to go together so i'm not going to put them together mm-hmm. every time i die doesn't care yeah they just put them together and say eh, oh well yeah you're, you're gonna like it or not mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and it, the cool thing about sly is it does bring some of the momentum from dark distance especially in that like heavy the heaviness kind of coming through um but there's a, a point in it where the band kind of slows and it kind of kind of brings everything down and it just gives you that moment to breathe but you maybe you'll get like half a breath and then they're right back to it. So it's we're getting to see just by song two is we're starting to see them show off a little bit of what all to expect. And again, just in the two songs, uh, but it's they're not giving everything that they're doing on the record this early. So it's just kind of teasing a little bit what's to come. Yeah. And, and then just the, the final thing that I have to say on this one is um I, I didn't, as I mentioned before, I didn't really know anything about every time I die. Mm-hmm. And so the line, give my love to Buffalo, Buffalo, really caught me out of left field. I but can, I loved I, it. I can explain that to you. So, Please. Please. Uh, they actually have their own day in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, New, Buffalo, New York gave them an every time I die day. Uh, they also have a festival they put on every year uh, called, I'm just going to put for the PG term, Poop Miss. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, you can put the other word in there. They got a lot of good bands come in. Uh, last the year before COVID, they had Glassjaw, Body Count. Like, wow. yeah, they got they got real weird with it, and they had some great bands. I can't know the lineup, but they are Buffalo heroes. Like, that's so awesome. that's where they're from. They love Buffalo. Like, uh, some of the members still live there. Jordan actually lives out in Arizona. Okay. Yeah, oh, so that's cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then from there, uh, we jump into uh, this is going to be one of the explicit ones. Planet shit. Planet poop. Planet poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can this I start this one? Go off? for yeah. it, dude. It's all you. I when this song dropped, everybody. Some people were like, "He's too direct with it," and I was like, "I'm glad he's direct with it." Like, mm-hmm. uh, he's tired, dude. Like, in all that all quarantine, uh, you know, with politics being the way it is, he doesn't choose a side. He hates all of it, and like, he's tired. He's literally tired of it. Mm-hmm. Literally tired of it. And I'm I'm right there, 100% with him. Like. It's like, who do you choose? It's like, it doesn't matter. I just want something different from yeah. everything. And that's what he wants. And he's like, and it's a really eye-opening song, too, because they never get this direct with anything. Like, mm-hmm. this song mm-hmm. straight to the point. Yeah. No, I, I can definitely agree with that. And uh, I made sure, because I, I, I caught that there was uh, a lot of droppings of the F-bomb <laughs> in this song. I made sure to count them, and there's nine of them, which was a lot lower than I originally thought there was. Uh, really up to this point on the record, this feels the most rooted in punk, both in lyrical content as well as in sound. I know that the band's like very hardcore slash metalcore, but this feels more pure punk. I think I've got to say this is my favorite song on the record. It, it's just so direct, and it, it it's great. It's good. Yeah. I like it. Uh, this one is a really strong contender for my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's it's a close tie between this one and a later one that I'll get to in a bit, but yeah, this one here like it's just beginning to end perfection. Mm-hmm. I like that. There's nothing I could do to change this song to make it any sort of better. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, 
like the give him rope, let's give him rope, yeah, give him rope, or the guil- the <laughs> he says guillotine, it's guillotine, you heathens, <laughs> <laughs> you East Coasters. Yeah, apparently it's an East Coast thing. I think I've, I'm from New Jersey, so I I say guillotine too, and he's like, and when you were explaining it to me, and I was like, wait. How does he pronounce it wrong? Because to me, it's pronounced correctly. To you, it's pronounced wrong. <laughs> to, to, to the normal iteration of the word, which is French-based, it is guillotine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, and you can tell it's French because they have eight letters to make one sound. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, like the or the guillotine. I'm going to say it. Or the guillotine. Better yet, the guillotine. Oh, yeah, the guillotine. Like It, just, it really kind of paints that picture because uh, in, in an interview... Uh, that uh, Keith Buckley had done with uh, Apple Music. Um, he writes that this is about a kind of old-style French revolution of the upper class and elite and ruling class. So guillotine is very indicative of French revolution. Like, mm-hmm. that's the first thing people think of. Um, and then he goes on to say, after uh, about two months after we recorded the song, the Capitol building was stormed on January 6th, and I wrote the song to seem like a newscast. So I will say, yes, I did have some sort of clairvoyant image of the Capitol building being rioted. My guide for the song was Mitch McConnell. He's the only person I ever see when I'm talking about evil old white people. That's two clairvoyant things in a row now, so I'm looking into what that means. <laughs> also, Keith Buckley seems like a really weird dude that I'd love to have a coffee with. <laughs> that would that would be interesting. So like, just on my list of people that I want to have coffee with, Corpse Grinder, Keith Buckley, and I, I, don't, I don't know, Gandhi, I guess. <laughs> he's, al- dude, he's, also a, uh, he's also has two published books, by the way. Keith Good Buckley for him. does, yeah. That's so. awesome. Scale and watch, I think there are two. I know scale is one, I just don't remember the other one. Okay, Let's watch. Yeah, uh, then after that, we jump into post boredom. This is a Rise Against song that features Glenn Danzig. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I, I need you to elaborate. Uh, so, like, if you listen, if you listen to, if you're gonna come, the, you better come correct. <laughs> <laughs> like, and this song stuck out immediately upon listening to the record. And I'm sitting there, and it, it's very much like a radio rock song. It is. And it sounds a lot like what Rise Against has done for, unfortunately, the last gajillion years. But you listen to the way that Keith actually sings it, and it has this just Glenn Danzig undertone that isn't even an undertone. He just sounds like Glenn Danzig. And I'm like, okay, so this is basically Rise Against featuring Glenn Danzig. Hey, Matt. Yeah. Have we ever heard the same Danzig? <laughs> Mother. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's old man Danzig. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I guess old lady Danzig because he's not looking great these days. So I was gonna go with at the drive-in. Um, yeah, 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 I was gonna be like an at the drive-in uh, Mars Volta type feel with this. Actually, um, the <laughs> the weird. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Matt's hot take can be bad. <laughs> <laughs> the the tone that he gets out of it really reminds me of Cedric from at the drive-in, yeah. like the weird like oh, no, 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 like the weird like I don't know what how to call it, but he, his vibrato is all over the place. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, that's what I really got from this one, and another one that we'll talk about a little bit. I really had this like. At the drive-in, Mars Volta feel to it. Yeah, I definitely felt the Mars Volta feel, and honestly, I feel that kind of like throughout the rest of the record too. It's same thing with uh, bands like a lot like Birds, where it, not not so much vocally, but like musically speaking, like where it's just kind of like all over the place. That math rock kind of these weird times that they do things, but it's still like within the same thing. It's uh, it's interesting, and I really like it. So <laughs> moving on <laughs> to a colossal wreck. Every time I listen to this song. It reminds me I of. God, if you say Danzig. 
No, Gabe. Not everything I listen to sounds like Danzig. I don't know. You thought that last song sounded like Danzig. It so. did, and you can't change my mind. Um, but no, this one actually reminded me, for some reason, of Slayer's War Ensemble. And I think it's because of how the riffs stop. So, let me explain. Dipper and I are both looking at Matt very, uh, very weirdly. <laughs> Confused. So Slightly angered. It's not the same <laughs> type of like heaviness that Slayer is, but it's the way the vocal delivery is done over the riff style. It just sounds extremely similar. That uh, That's the first thing that came to mind when I was listening to it. I can't comment because I don't really listen to Slayer. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a decent song. Uh, you want me to be honest with you? I think this is the lackiest one out of the singles that came out, if you want me to be honest. Um, I, I don't think disagree with you here. Like I, it's I, not a bad song, but it's any not means. a bad song. But I think it's if you want me to be honest, I think it's the lowest one off the album. A Colossal Wreck was okay. It's it's a really good song, mm-hmm. fits the album really well. Um, but it, it didn't hit me in the way the other ones did. Like yeah, the, the the lyrical content on this one hit me a little bit more. But just like on listening to the song, like it just doesn't feel like it matches that. Because like it, when he's like just going off, all the wrong people are gone. Like I really feel that. In a lot of ways, like we we have so much wrong in the world that there's people that are in the past that were gone too soon or were gone for the wrong reasons. And I feel like maybe if we had some of those people still, then we might not be in as terrible of a situation as we are in right now. And I feel like that that, that particular line just really resonated with. Yeah, me. Oh, the lyrics are great. I think I think uh, the overall structure of the song is a little mm-hmm. from what from what you hear from all of the other albums and all of the other singles. Uh, this is just it's it's just musically lacking. It's, yeah, it's 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 really good. It's really heavy. It's still there, but like when you compare it to any other song off the album, you're like, yeah, I can see where this fall in last place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then from there we move into Desperate Pleasures. Th- th- this is the song. So I was talking with Dipper beforehand. Uh, this is the song that I feel like the only thing that could have made this record better was including Walter Delgado from rotting out and there's a fair amount of backstory i love rotting out they're one of my favorite bands ever to see live and i love walter delgado just as a person in general and i feel like he would really mesh well with this that's that's what i have to start out with on this matt go ahead (laughs) so the intro of the song was interesting because i it felt like something that a band would have done for an interlude song uh but thankfully we ended up having that intro along with an actual song kind of plastered onto it and i think that it ended up actually fitting together really nicely we have a number of tempo changes in it, keeping the song from getting stagnant. I mean, we've got the faster portions as well as the portions where it's just stripped down to the vocals and guitar. And it feels almost proggy in a way during the song, just kind of in how the, the technicality of some of the sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the world made us sick. How can it heal us? Uh, mm-hmm. This song, and I like to call this because I've already, the preacher voice. I love the preacher voice. So that opening to that song immediately hooked me because mm-hmm. I like that weird southern baptist like sound i do like the like look at me like very like you like you like that southern hardcore sound oh yeah you i know yeah, i never <laughs> but i don't go check out zipper's band it's all grizzly they're fantastic they just recently put out a song go listen to it Continue. it's okay <laughs> it's not as good as this but it's uh, great. his the way he pr- delivers it in this song he doesn't deliver it in any other song 
whatsoever. This is the only time I've ever heard him do this preacher voice. He does do like that weird ha ha ha, but this is more direct than anything. I was oh, like, yeah. yeah, I was like, oh yeah, tell me about it. And this, uh, what was the line? Uh, you put down your weapon, but now he's got two. Is my favorite line out of the song mm-hmm. because it's so true. It's just like don't give yourself up, like fight. Like as soon as you put down your weapon, they're taking it, and then it's over for you. Yeah, I love mm-hmm. the song. Yeah, the, and the, like there's the like the, the really like the whole back half of the 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 song just lyrically hits so hard for me. It's like you've got an atheist praying for Judgment Day enough to make an atheist pray for Judgment Day. The great American sob story, a sad sob story, a holy man who kills what cannot be saved, and like it just keeps going on. I'm just like, so good. So where Planet Poop came in to be more direct, this is more tongue in cheek. Tongue in cheek, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just it's phenomenal. I love it. Go all ahead and take us in, into the next one. All yeah. this in war. Uh, probably gonna say his last name, Josh Grogan's or whatever his name is. Skogan, yeah. Skogan's from uh, the Six Eight and the Chariot and the original Norma Jean. Yes. The end of this song when he comes on goes ballistic. Yes. It goes and like at the very end of the song they cut him out, which is so good because he's just in the middle of this high scream and just cut. Yep. This song is chaos. It, it, is, it, it is, and I, I've always loved Josh Skogan. Like the that first every or, uh, first Norma Jean record was just so integral to to me growing up. But man, this this song is just so good. It's, yeah, it's heavy. It's, it's hard. The it lyric grooves hard. Lyrically, it's just in your face. Um, it's just there's just an echoes of a broken man. Like this this whole song is just like it gets tongue in cheek, but then it also gets direct. You like they like the mix up. Both aspects. You can key. You can see the Keith Buckley part, and then you can see the Josh part. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics really reflect each other very well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he wrote his own part, um, but if he did, I mean, it, it meshed very well. Yeah, it, I, I don't honestly have that information, but yeah, no, it, it was done extremely well. Uh, and then it drops into "Thing with Feathers." Oh God, this song. I'm sorry to take another one from you guys. Nah, go for it, dude. It's all this you. song lyrically is beautiful. Yep. Uh, I almost cried when I first heard it. Uh, this song is, I believe, all about like his accepting that his sister has died and passed on. And the way he describes it and the words that he uses, she permeates. Who uses those lines? But it fits so well. Um, I just, I this song is another speechless song for mm-hmm. me, and like the video fits it very well. But if you listen to the song, you really. It's it's about accepting death, in my opinion. Yeah. It's about mm-hmm. accepting someone's gone, but they can always live on. And the dude from Manchester Orchestra, uh, mm-hmm. I can't remember his Andy name. Andy Hall. Andy yes. Hall. Mm-hmm. Woo. Woo, man. Yeah, it, it just, I don't think they could have picked a better feature for, for for that part. Like, it just had this overall tonality behind it and this just weird beauty, mm-hmm. I, I feel like is the best way to put it. And not, not weird in a bad way, but just weird in a unexpected way Mm -hmm. and yeah like it just right in the middle of the record in between uh in in, in between all this and war and hostile architecture like it's a i don't think they could have put it in a better spot on the record at all like i feel like it just perfectly matched it yeah and the the best way to kind of describe it because it it starts off with the kind of low and slow sound. It builds up kind of in the middle and co- kind of brings it back down to that low and slow. Is think kind of a bell curve in kind of like where the energy kind of goes with the song. 
Um, it's I really like the chorus on this one. It was definitely the softest song on the record in both the vocal delivery as well as instrumentation. Um, I think it should that the the feature on this one was really good as well. Yeah, and, and then knowing that it's about his sister, those last lines hit so much different. Where it's but I think you're done here, standing ovation. Like I'm finally accepting your passing. Bravo on what you did! Like you, you, you did fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you go back to Low Teens, um, I can't remember the same the song, but he really he talks about her and what mm-hmm. her, her suffering, and those those songs are rough, dude. Yeah, Low Teens, Low Teens is uh, rough too. Um, sad. It's more sad than this one, I think. Not as angry. More because yeah, that one came out in 2016. Yeah, it came out. Yeah, so I mean, it's been a couple years since they put out a record, and then you could just tell the immediately difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, she was still alive then. I believe she passed away in 2017, according to this. Yeah. So yeah, and then you know that really affected him. Like uh, mm-hmm. his sister had like a lot of health issues and stuff. So you know, dealing with that and, and watching it, and then like finally, like as like a big fan, you kind of understand what's going on. But like you don't peer too much. You just know the outsides of it. But like seeing th- them going to grow to accept it is beautiful mm-hmm. like i mean accepting someone's death is a very healing thing that i think everybody should go through if someone has died and you have not dealt with it deal with it because yeah. it's going to haunt you for the rest of your life yeah absolutely yeah it is uh then from there we jump into hostile architecture dipper go ahead and take it well no take it your favorite it's your favorite song dude. Nah, nah, on, it, it's it. your favorite song it's my man. favorite song too i've done three in a row fine i'll take it uh, <laughs> <laughs> this song this song you can really tell that he was going through a divorce um this song hits so many levels with me like the, the lyrically the whole thing is a, a mind-blowingly awesome song um the, the, the line that you there's too many ghosts but near, not nearly enough spirit Love that line. It's mm-hmm. the most tongue-in-cheek thing you can do, and I want it on a T-shirt with a bunch of ghosts. Let's like, just give me that, or take my hand. I'll teach you about regret. Oh, yeah. The song so good. It's, it's so good. So heavy in the ending. The 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 main guitar riff is just phenomenal on this one, and then yeah, it's just yeah, man, that final breakdown where he's just screaming. But what did I do wrong? The way the way that the producer will really so he says I'm sorry a mm-hmm. ton of times, but the way he made it pop on different sides, made it sound far, made it sound close, left, right, left, right, and then it builds up to the breakdown of what did I do wrong? Is he, most, he says I'm sorry 18 times. That is the most <laughs> best way to go into a breakdown ever. Yes, I'm, way, just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but what did I do wrong? And uh, then he just goes into it, and it is just so good. And you really feel the sentiment because I think, like I said, was telling you guys earlier, everybody's felt that at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why do I have to apologize so much? What did I do wrong? And I don't understand. Like, yeah. Matt, mm. what's your take on this one? So really quick, um, this is starting a, a trend. The next few songs are going to be, uh, as I said earlier, that sub three minutes. So they're packing a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. It's just another really strong groove. And um, lyrically, and I I could be very wrong just from kind of picking it up, but it almost felt like the sorry part was um, tied in, obviously, to the lyrics of the breakdown. But I also felt like there was a a chance that it also tied into AWOL. Um, It it could be that I just misinterpreted something or just like missed something completely. 
Um, but we'll just jump right into AWOL. And again, there's just no time wasted here. Um, and I think it's the part where Keith sings about needing to apologize to himself is I think that's what I felt was kind of tying to the prior song. So the, these two almost felt like they were kind of hand in hand in a way. Um, it's got that Southern metal quite a bit, but it's got that classic metal core in the breakdown at the end uh, as well. Uh, this is another song that really reminded me after driving. Yeah. A lot. A, a whole lot. You mean Danzig? Danzig? <laughs> 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 He's never gonna live down. I hate both of you. I'm just, I'm just gonna say this on like every episode now, now from now on. Yeah, just, just everything like, sounds like. Oh Danzig. yeah, this one reminds me of Danzig. I swear to God. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. The, um, this one sounds like Rise Against mixed with Danzig. This one sounds like Danzig mixed with Rise, Rise Against. <laughs> This is this reminds me of Jerry only. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to go to different business <laughs> members. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I really like this one as well. Um, I feel like this is kind of another one that just kind of falls in between on some of the really good things because I love uh, I, I love hostile architecture, and then the the following one actually is what what ends up being my favorite song, the whip on this one, and a wall is not a bad song by any means. I just feel like it kind of falls in between. Uh, some stuff and just kind of loses a little bit for me personally there. Uh, I'm going to kind of agree with him on this a little bit. I like the way it segues into both of them too. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like it tells a kind of consistent story. It's like him going through the divorce and he knew that his passion was like going to ruin everything because he can't stop doing music. But then also like after like he figures out the divorce, he's also trying to forgive himself for everything as well. Mm-hmm. I love AWOL. I think it's a great song. I like, oh, yeah. I like Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, no, no, no. It's I, good. <laughs> I think it's it's, like I said, and I'll say it again, Colossal Wreck is probably the weakest song off this, and I mm-hmm. still hold true to that even after AWOL because it was something completely different that they did. Uh, Colossal Wreck just you know, kind of reminds me of an Every Time I Die song, which is good, yep. um, but AWOL was something different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, then we jump into The Whip. Oh, man, the riffing on this one is so good. It's so heavy, and I love it. Uh, yeah, and this one here is uh, the one that really brings out my favorite line on the album it's fear is a fetish and i'm a masochist and then just goes into this nasty breakdown and man i like to see it and i want that on a shirt except ghost i guess we can include ghost there too i don't know there's no they can, ghost they can be line, in whips and chains dude there we go perfect there yeah <laughs> but the ghost the ghost are the one taking it so. exactly <laughs> matt how you feeling about this one this one the band's in it to win it man um <laughs> the band all around in a composition that's not chaotic adds this element of chaos that really forces you to be engaged there's just these very subtle things in the guitar playing in the drums in the bass um it, it, again it just requires you to just pay attention because if you're not you're gonna miss something um like i said listen to the guitars and drums throughout under the vocals um and it's it's weird because those nuances seem out of place but they fit really well um another sub three minute song and it's these guys just pack it in yeah and another thing to know just about the album as a whole too like the the whip is track 11 this album has 16 tracks and it comes in at 51 minutes, mm-hmm. which is slightly higher than like the the kind of sweet spot for albums, which is usually going to be anywhere between 45 and 48 minutes yeah. or so. Uh, I don't feel like this is too long by any means. No. But like the fact they that they were able to pack 16 songs. songs <laughs> they could yeah. give me a few more songs. I would be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they pack 16 songs into this and it... Does I, I don't feel like I get listeners fatigue at all in this mm-hmm. album. Like I tried listening to the new Mastodon album, which has like fifteen tracks on it. It's an hour and a half long. I got bored. 
It's a, it's a hit or miss with Mastodon. Like I do love Mastodon, mm-hmm. but then they have some songs that like, dude, this is Dream Theater. Like stop. Yeah, like it, I, exactly. I, and that was kind of like the same boat that I was in with it. But like just using that as an example, like they had one song less, and it's an hour and a half long. That one I absolutely got listeners fatigue on. This one here, like every time I I was listening to it. I just felt like I was just able to power through this record, and I got to the end, and I'm like, that, hold on, that's it? Nope, back over, back to track one, and let's do this again. Mm-hmm. I, I've listened to this album a lot since it dropped. The only <laughs> things that I've been listening to is Every Time I Die and Seal, Kiss from a Rose, and I'm not <laughs> joking. Baby. <laughs> you got my seal of approval. <laughs> ah. uh, I already made that joke on Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's uh, okay. I needed to make Matt hurt. Uh, from there, we jump into White Void, which is kind of a weird transition that I love. Because uh, it goes from The Whip, which is one of the heavier songs on the record, and then it just goes into White Void, which is like this very just hard rock kind of song, and I love it. I, I love this song. It reminds me of The Damn Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, you, do you know what the, the Damn Things are? The name sounds familiar. So it's got dude from Anthrax, uh, I think two dudes from Fall Out Boy, mm-hmm. uh, I think someone from Alkaline Trio now. Is that the uh, band Buckley. that uh, Scotty Ian? Yes, it is. Yep. Okay, so, I know who they are. So then. this has a very, very uh, Damn Thing feel to me, which I love the Damn Things. So this is just... It reminds me of the damn things put into an every time I die style. That's yes, that's it, what it, that's what it reminds me of. It's uh, Fallout Boys, Joe Troman and Andy Hurley, Scott Ian from Anthrax, uh, Keith Buckley, and then uh, Dan Adriano from Alkaline Trio. Yes. So. Wow, you hit that right on. <laughs> yeah, <that's>, uh, <laughs> I like I like I like yeah. Keith Keith. Uh, so Keith is probably one of my most ins- uh, my idols. I look up to for vocals. Mm-hmm. Him. Trevor Stan from uh, Black Dahlia Murder mm-hmm. and Jerry Jones from Trophy Scars are like my three idols of vocalists. So Fair like, I really pay attention to Geep. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this I like this song a lot. Just like the, the it was super catchy too. It's super catchy. There's a nice breakdown in it. Mm-hmm. It gets heavy and then it goes back to being soft. It's it's overall like I said, every song on this album is a banger. This is just another one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you have to somehow order these songs from one to sixteen, and like they can't all be one. This no. one still feels like it's up towards number one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I it's love like this song. it's like all of them are like number one, number two, and then like just cross cross the record at number sixteen, and you're good. There you yeah, go. Exactly. Just like one, two, 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 three, three. Yeah. See, sixteen. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think I don't really skip the album. Sometimes I just want to mm-hmm. hear a song, but then I'll go back to the song before it because I just want to hear that song. Um, but I don't usually skip anything. Even Colossal Wreck, I listen to the full album front to back. Yeah. Like, I don't do that with albums. I don't. I'm very picky. Mm-hmm. I'm super picky. That's fair. No, this, honestly, it's probably my favorite chorus on the record. It's not the extravagant by any means, but it always catches my attention listening to the record. And it definitely slows down before it does bring us back to, for better lack of a better way of saying it, our regularly scheduled program of heavy. I guess you could say it brings us into... Distress. Rehearsal. (laughs) (laughs) The next song, Distress Rehearsal. And uh, yeah, man. Matt, why don't you go ahead and kick us off on this one? I get down with this one. This one, it's really cool, and it's got a somewhat unique breakdown thrown in the middle, but that's not really what got me. It's super easy to bob your head to. I can really see this being thrown into live sets and the crowd going ballistic. They sprinkle in blast beats that were always nice and 
Y'all know I like blast beats. Matt does, in fact, like blast beats. Um, I got to <laughs> also give a shout out to the breakdown in the end. It wasn't nearly as unique as the one we got in the uh, earlier in the song, but it was still a really solid way to close it out. I agree. Uh, whatever he just said about yeah. it. Yeah, the <laughs> That's kind perfect. of where I'm at, too. Yeah, I was just like, yeah, you know, you pretty much nailed that one on the head. It's it's a it's a well, very well-written song. Lyrics are, are beautiful and weird and kind of mean, but kind of not. Uh, all of sin is absolved. Like I feel like this is like really where he starts to kind of forgive himself, but he understands that there's a lot of pain still on the way. So mm-hmm. uh, I really, yeah, I feel like it's like the stress rehearsal is like I'm getting ready to become who I am but I'm still like trying to deal with all this distress. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then we uh, jump into track number fourteen. Sex, sex, sex. Six, six, six. Six, six, six. The number Nine. of the beast. <laughs> 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 Go listen to our Iron Maiden episode, which is apparently the most downloaded one. Yeah, it's it's almost acro- about to cross a hundred downloads now. <laughs> which the is. Number. That be well, see, and the problem with that is Matt just straight up disrespects them on that record. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. I did not like that record. Is it a new one? Yeah. yeah they, they, they oh, okay. okay. I haven't listened. Yeah. I, I, so I'm going to tell you honestly, like, they're not every time I die, and they're way up there in age now. Like, their stuff's going to get way more boring. Mm-hmm. It, and then, like, you can't, you'll, they'll never write another trooper. Sorry. Like, I'm no. gonna, yeah, like, I agree with you. I really like the record. Matt was just disrespectful on that record. <laughs> I, I did talk some to some pretty mean trash. You're, you're like, eat yes. some hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, I will. Get this trash out of my face. <laughs> yeah, basically. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I guess I can kick this one off here. Um, yeah, this one here is just more chaos. Uh, it was it was another very tongue in cheek one where like it, it's a, a play on on six 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 the the main uh, part of the chorus is like I've got a devil inside six 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 nine, uh, which plays on the the six 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 being a satanic number but then also just sixty nine being a sexual position, uh, so it kind of was nice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad he did that. <laughs> can't bring me anywhere. <laughs> this is the last episode I'm ever doing. I'm just <laughs> Dude, I'll be inside the store with my wife, and she'll look at me, and I'll just start pushing stuff over. And she's like, stop. And I'm like... Then she walks away. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, like, I, I, I thought this song was like... It was just another really fun song. As the album's starting to come to a close here, it just doesn't feel like it's coming to a close. And it, it, it really doesn't. No like, sign of slowing down. It, it feels like there's got another like 15 songs, and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm ready for this. And they're like, no, we got like three left. And you're like, no. You, you uh, stopped that. That's that's negative. The itid idiots, or whatever they call How do you ever say it? And every time I die, idiots. Yeah. I got, I'm from New Jersey. I can't say stuff right. You're from New Jersey. We apologize for you. Yeah. I mean, at least we're not Texas. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, Texas dropped down. So we we came back up, so I'm cool with that. <laughs> not Texas, <laughs> but uh, they go nuts for this song. It's been six 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 nine, a million times posted in that in that in that in that group. I bet every time I die. I bet every time I die because like Goose uh, Goose is part of the group, so he's probably like again again again. <laughs> it's, like, it's gonna come to the point where it, it's like uh, like Joaquin from Sabaton. He hates the song Swedish Pagans. 
which is like one of their most popular songs because it, it's a very crowd heavy, just everybody is doing, oh, and like everybody loses their minds for it. As a result of that, he hates that song. And I feel like that's going to be this situation where like every time somebody meets them, they're just going to like have them sign 6669 on whatever it is that they want and signed. 6669. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I like the song. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't run around saying 6669 all the time because that's just not me. But yeah, uh, very tongue-in-cheek, very straight to your face, very chaotic. Um, yeah. Very like uh, BDSM comes off, super. Yeah, there's there's a lot of yeah, references to it. Like, yeah. A lot of whips, a lot of chains. I don't like to be beat, so <laughs> I don't. This is, probably the, this is probably like the only song off the record that I don't have an emotional attachment to. It's really well written. Mm-hmm. It's a banger, but emotionally speaking, I don't really have a connection to it. Yeah, I do. I do agree though with Dipper on this one, feeling very much like it's the band's not slowing down. Um, it, it's very. It might be one of the fastest songs on the record. Um, guitar work is really cool on this one. I gotta say, it's it's a solid one, and like sound wise, I mad punk vibes that are bleeding through. So I, I definitely have to. I have to applaud that for sure. Uh, then we jump into track number 15, People Versus. Matt, this, bring us in. Yeah. Uh, so this one, again, leans on the more rock style that we had seen in some of the previous songs, but it brings in those metalcore sections to add that heavy. And really from kind of listening to it, it wasn't musically complex, at least that I could really see, but it's a perfect showcasing that the band is capable of writing really good material regardless of the technicality or lack thereof. I, uh, there's one line that really gets me. With bad faith, you can't pray, but you can bend the knee. Mm-hmm. Man, that is a punch to the face. So, like, pe- you know, people have religion, and it does help them, and there's some people who use religion for evil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They will never be, and I'm not religious, but in the eyes of God, they will never be accepted. Mm-hmm. But they can always make someone bend a knee. Like Joel Osteen, for example, mm-hmm. he uses his power and wealth Let's the homeless stay out there in the cold. Doesn't give. That's that's that from there. That's what this I pull from it is like they're using religion as power, but they'll never be ex- absolved of their sin. They'll, yeah. they'll just go. They're just they're just tyrant at that point. Yeah. yeah, and that was the same thing that I pulled from this as well. Um, it, the, the a little bit earlier in the song, it's gravity will pull us into gods. They stop at faith, but faith is exactly where we start. What we fail to do defines who we are. Oh. That like and that, that I feel like that just really like encompasses exactly what you were talking about because it's things like Joel Olstein because I'm, I'm very against Joel Olstein even as a religious person, um, but like uh, 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 Kenneth Copeland that's the guy that I'm thinking of uh, where he like needed ha- was asking his congregation for another like three billion for another freaking plane or something stupid uh, and things like that where where they utilize these things that people have these emotional and and integral attachments that become a, a defining part of who they are and they use that for personal gain which is the literal antithesis of everything that is w- what is meant uh, by r- most religions and uh, I, I I really identify with this song as well I and love I, this song and this always comes and I've always had this like saying in my head I was like oh how does it go um, you can use faith as hope. But don't take the hope out of faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I, if someone wants to be religious and that's how they get them through mm-hmm. the day, I'm supportive of that. I don't, I don't judge you. But when you start using that hope mm-hmm. to make people bend to your knee, then I have a problem with it. Exactly. I have a huge yeah. problem with it. How about you, Matt? What do you have any thoughts on this one? I'm not a religious like guy, of... so uh, 
That's actually, a, this is not the podcast for that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the next one is the final track called We Go Together. And I think this is the perfect way to cap off a record. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement there. Uh, Dipper, you want to close this out on this one? I agree with you completely. Uh, the lyrics, just perfect. Structurally, they go all over the place. <laughs> mm -hmm. They start slow, they go heavy, they go soft, they go heavy, they go weird with it. Yep, and they, they literally bring everything that's on the record into this song in some way, shape, or form. And a funny thing that I actually caught when I was listening to this is the last 15 to 30 seconds is kind of starts this spiral into somewhat insanity that, oddly enough leads perfectly into the first song if you have the record on repeat so it's just this smooth transition so i don't know if it was intentional or not i'm sure but it was. Yeah. if it was that's a nice touch lads well, one of the other bands that's done that in the past is sworn in on their death card record and like i really enjoy that that record's so good yeah it, it's a fantastic record but like it, it does the same thing where it kind of like it's just this cycle and i feel like this album is meant to be kind of like a cycle mm -hmm. and yeah, it, it, like you said, it, it, it's a great closer to this album. I don't really know that they could have ended it any better. No, and I even the lyrics, so. even the lyrics fit that the, the, the this song, this album is ending. It mm -hmm. gives you the the encompasses like, hey, this is it. This is the last song, and you really get those from those lyrics. Yeah, and then like there's those final lines. I find it a little strange that I haven't died. Yeah, I, I, I just feel like I, I relate that because like past me is like. Was not it was, it was a person. We'll say that. <laughs> but like, knew me is like, yeah, I'm alive. But like, how did I live through this? Yeah. Like, so and I'm just I'm I'm, a, I'm finding it a little strange. Yeah. That I haven't died. Yeah. But um, ten ten album. Yeah, uh, this is great. This we haven't gotten of, there, man. This is my album of the year. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, but uh, that, that is going to do it for our track-by-track track breakdown on this album. And uh, what we like to do at this point is go ahead and give our tentacle rating on this record. Uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? On a scale of one to eight tentacles. What do you got? Danzig. Five. Out of eight? Out of eight. That's not bad. For someone who's never listened to every time yeah. I die, I can... So, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to be completely honest, and this is this is why I'm afraid of sitting next to Dipper right now, because <laughs> this this might be the hottest take, but like I, I want to be genuinely Ho honest. Hotter than Rise Against featuring Danzig. Probably. Okay. So the more I listen... <laughs> <laughs> I actually, the more I listened to the record, just like back to back, I actually started liking it less. I don't know what it was, but I actually, like the more I listened to it is something just kept turning me off of the record. So it might just be a situation where it's, I tried to digest it so quickly and just in so much um, that it's just my, I, I kind of was just like, get 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 this away from me so i'm not going to completely shun the record um i'm not going to do that because this isn't escape the fade it's not a day to remember and it's not the new iron maiden i will fight you <laughs> i but, agree with those first two but leave my iron maiden alone they're better no, than metallica and i'll I die on this i will stand over this table dog but no uh, will i play will i come back to this record i'd say i will it's just not right now um, I just need need a need a minute to kind of just digest everything and then just kind of come back and kind of try again. But it's really good music. I mean, like the talent of everybody. It's got the angry stuff. I I gotta appreciate that. So it's got a five out of eight for me. All right, Dipper, how are you feeling on this one? 
Oh, it gets 11 tentacles, dude. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I do want to say music's all subjective, so I don't disagree with him. And if you are going to Every Time I Die new, it is heavy. It is a very, very heavy record from what they previously came for. Mm-hmm. I would say like listen to New Junk Aesthetic and Low Teens, and then you'll, you'll, you'll hear a difference, okay. uh, a big difference between these two records. This one's more structurally... This is their. This is them at their peak. Yeah, but but it's good to see the growth into mm-hmm. them because you really get to see where they came from point A to point B, and then point B will give you more respect for it. Because mm-hmm. yeah, because because what you it's heavy. This is a very heavy record, and if you really don't know anything about Every Time I Die, it's it's some of it might turn you off because it does get very 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 weird. Mm-hmm. It does. There's parts in there that I'm like, for me, I'm a huge Every Time I Die fan, but if someone went in and be like. Why would they do that? I would get that. I would mm-hmm. totally get that. I was like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. It's still great to me, but mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, I'm not going to be mad at you because all music's subjective, yeah. so I don't get mad about it because I hate a lot of bands. I'm not going to go into detail, but I, I'm a stickler for music, but I don't project it anymore. When I was younger, I did, but now as an adult, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's just my opinion. Of course, absolutely. Matt and I project it because we have our voices on yeah. air, so <laughs> we have to get animated. Can confirm. Because Matt's wrong. Anyway, uh, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> I will, dang it. <laughs> like, like if you ever put a new Avenged Sevenfold album on here and you're like, hey, you want to come on? I will straight up tell you no. Or I'll come to the podcast and be like, I didn't even listen to it. And I was like, I can tell you it's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can listen to me tell you it's garbage because yeah. I would have listened to it and told you that it's garbage yeah. because Avenged Sevenfold sucks. Anyway, uh, <laughs> wrong podcast. Um, yeah, this one, honestly, it's an 8 out of 8 for me. Like, I, this is my first introduction every time I die, and man, what an introduction. This is this See, this I, I feel phenomenal. like you, because I'm getting to know you two a little better, I can see where you guys kind of separated music a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, it makes <clears> sense that you would dig it a lot. It makes sense that you're like, some, it's starting to, like, wear out on me, and I get, mm-hmm. I get that. It's very... Yeah, no, it, 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 it is not a, a record, really, for, like, casual listening. No. Mm-hmm. Like, it, once you understand it and under hear the everything behind it then sure you can listen to it casually but like on a first listens like you need to really be paying attention otherwise you're going to miss so much of what makes the record amazing yeah and it's it's like trying to do homework and then like trying to watch an anime that's subbed at the same time like, yeah, like if that, you, you, you'll just work. miss you're parts. going to be There's, focusing on one over the other as an anime fan myself is and i i think just because i try to just be fully aware of just what if i'm watching tv is i can't do anything in the middle especially if i'm watching subbed anime because be, be, uh, like at least with dubbed anime it's in english i can at least understand what they're saying i have to read what's being said on through the subtitles on a subbed anime there there's no way i i can multitask while doing that, and, and so. I, i'm just i'm not somebody who likes anime and i just can't do two things at the same time that's why i watch common writer <laughs> It's live action anime. Th- th- it Dipper literally, really literally likes Common Rider. I so really if, if like If you guys Common. take away one thing from today's episode, it's Dipper likes Common Rider and wants to get everybody into it. So go watch Common <laughs> Rider, I guess. But that's going to wrap it up for our breakdown of Radical by Every Time I Die. And what we like to do at the end of the episode is go into our hidden track where we talk about something in the realm of music, maybe not related to this album, but just something musically cool. Dipper, since you're the guest, why don't you take us up and take it off? Uh, Trophy Scars has a new album coming out pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, you guys ever heard Trophy Scars? They're a bluesy band. But since I would brought them up, actually on the way here, because I don't know why it came on, because I was going to listen to Radical, but I lied. I did listen to one other song, and that was Tom Waits' Drunk on the Moon. I absolutely love Tom Waits, and I wish he would make more music. I haven't listened to anything recently, except every time I die. 
I can tell you. Fair enough. Uh, I heard one Enterprise album, Enterprise Earth song. I don't know what it was. Pretty good. Oh, actually, we just talked yeah. about that one. Oh, we, we, we recorded the Whitechapel album. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I listened to it because I'm like, oh, he's singing on there, mm-hmm. and I was like, he's he's white. Yeah. Oh, he's a good singer. I didn't know that. So yeah, uh, Enterprise Earth was uh, new stuff's pretty good. I haven't yeah. given it a full listen. I only listened to maybe a half a song, but absolutely. Have you ever heard of uh, Me and That Man? No. So it's uh, Nurgle from Behemoth. Uh, he does kind of like this Tom Waits, Johnny Cash, outlaw kind of country what? emo vibe. Dude, it's so cool. Oh, you it have to send me this. I, I I will show it to you after we fi- after we stop recording here. <laughs> uh, Matt, what do you got for us this so week? So this one is actually um, kind of concluding our catch up uh, sailor special that we did. Is it's actually the Sleep Token record, um, which I believe was this will be your tomb. Uh, this place will be your tomb. This place, yeah. Um, and if you want to hear Gabe's thoughts, definitely check out that Sailor special where we do the catching up. I'm going to keep this short. The record's beautiful. Um, right now, just as of this point, is I've got it at a 5 out of 8, just considering, like I said, it's a really beautiful record. But I just plan on going back to it just to feel it out, figure out kind of you know some of the nuances, some of the intricacies of it. I really like that Sleep Token It is record. a really pretty record, mm-hmm. for sure. Don't ask me what I think about it. <laughs> we won't then. <laughs> All right. So that's going to conclude Excuse our... Excuse you. Oh. <laughs> oh, really, don't ask me. I think it's boring. I think it's a boring record. It's it's very... Th- 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 that's fine. No, well, what, I'm, what I'm upset about is the fact that Matt skipped me. <laughs> Can I say one thing real quick? Because for I forgot. Uh, my buddy's band, Inept Hero, just put a new video out that I got to feature in as a monster, so I got to drink a PBR. Hey. Hey. So check out Inept Hero Dead Eyes. All right, let's do it. Uh, yeah, for me this week, I want to talk about the uh, the new War of Ages EP. Uh, I've talked about War of Ages in the past. They were like one of my biggest influences growing up, uh, both as a guitarist and just as a, a songwriter in general. And the new EP is called Rima, or H-E-M-A, and it is phenomenal. Uh, it's four songs. Uh, they have the the one single that they had released from out a few weeks ago called No Alters was a banger, and just everything about this EP was just straight fire. And yeah, it No just Alters f- was awesome. It, it further proves my point that War of Ages, War of Ages can do no wrong. Uh, they have not put out a bad album since 2001, which I think was their first album, and it's just been nonstop bangers since. So go check that out. Party. But we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Podbean, and uh, I'm sure there's a 101 different other ones. Mm-hmm. I tried finding us on Facebook. I don't know how people are finding us on Facebook to listen to podcasts. I can't even find us, and I, I run the page. <laughs> so <laughs> somehow people are doing it. So you can listen to us on there as well as like Last FM and a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. I tried looking you guys up on Facebook. I can find it. Even better. I just need <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Um, so you can like, rate us, and uh, subscribe to us on all of those platforms. You can also find us on a variety of social medias. We're on Facebook. We're on, uh, not Twitter. We're on Instagram. TikTok. Uh, TikTok and YouTube. YouTube. I don't know why I always forget those. I'm just doing it forget them. This is why I have a co-host. Because I wouldn't be able to have this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, check out next week. Uh, we have White Chapels. Uh, go check it out. We'll see you in the next one.